Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Business Class. Uh, as compared to the first season of Business Class, when we looked at the startup journeys of uh, founders across a diverse range of geographies and industries, uh, in the second season, we are talking about real challenges that startups face. When I looked at and spoke to a number of founders, I figured out very quickly after speaking to about 35, 40 of them, that essentially the challenges that companies face, no matter they are small, medium size or big, are fairly similar. Um, so we thought of putting together a show in which we have a founder of a hot startup uh, who talks about the challenges and we pull in some of the best experts in the world. And we have an engaging discussion around uh, what kind of solutions uh, may exist for these uh, challenges. So Vinayak, uh, welcome to the show. It will be really um, great if you can tell our viewers in plain and simple English, um, what does touch do and what does it mean for somebody who's consuming video? Because my experience of video is what I watch on YouTube. Um, and what are what is touch going to do? How are you going to change my experience of watching video? So um, when we started the company, the idea was fairly uh, to try and bring interactivity to screen, right? Today, when we watch content, uh, we get very intuitive when we see things, especially when we're watching it on smartphones and on tablets. Uh, we started with that idea. Uh, obviously, over the period of uh, the last uh, four years, we evolved from just doing interactivity inside the video content to identifying a lot more information. Uh, so people who know how the media uh, industry works today, 90% of the process today is driven manually, uh, be it your creation of key moments, highlights, or inserting metadata. Metadata is basically a, a, a parameter that you have to insert while you're uploading the content so that your content can be discoverable. And also the other use cases of metadata are trying to do automation, transcoding. Uh, you need it to be there in the repository. Uh, so metadata is basically uh, the core, I would say, of uh, whenever you upload a video content. Now, enterprise today uh, faces challenge when they've uploaded a content they actually need to make someone sit at the back end, look at the video and enter the metadata. What's happening at say one minute, 20 seconds inside the screen, who's there, what are they wearing? So all that information uh, forms a part of the metadata group today. Uh, where that is used on a broader level uh, is for everyone to see key moments and highlights or for people to discover content online or for people to view the content in a safe environment, if it's safe enough to be viewed online or not. Uh, is it matching up to the regulatory and compliances? The transcript of the content as well, right? Speech to text, uh, that's also a part of the metadata. So uh, identifying objects, emotions, characters, scenes, activities, location, this forms a part of the metadata today, I would say. Essentially, uh, the way I understand is that we'll end up uh, spending even more time watching uh, videos in the future. Absolutely. So uh, we all knew that, you know, we were in a text era, then we came to an image era. We're right now in a video era. Uh, the video era from here is just going to keep growing because there's no other format of consumption of content. And around content, there's going to be a lot of sub parameters, interactivity, your VR, AR, bunch of other things are going to keep coming up. Uh, so video is something that we all are going to keep consuming. And that's why you see most of the companies today. Uh, adopting to a video first strategy. Um, and I think, you know, video is going to be the future for every single company, be it in the marketing initiatives or in their growth initiatives. So Vinayak, do you think it's possible or is it science fiction that, you know, if I'm watching a, a, a cool video and I see this jacket that this uh, hero is wearing and I click on that and I can buy exactly the same thing. Is that something that your technology is going to enable? Oh, well, we already enable that. 
so we already enable it on the back end for a lot of companies uh, so that they can identify and do a lot of uh, you know interactivity on the content uh so this is not something like you know it's a 2030 technology this is a 2020 technology uh this is uh, there right now in the market people are using it uh we have an application that people actively uh install and try and scan products inside the video content uh we give our services on the b2b side uh to our clients where they can make their content interactive and connected to an e-commerce store as well uh so this is not something that i would say is going to happen in future there is no science fiction this is happening today as we speak right now when i uh, <clears throat> digressing for just like 10 seconds uh, today i think one of the biggest challenges of video is especially in current affairs and news you don't even know if it's true or not if it is actively spreading misinformation does your technology do anything to uh, cater to this huge huge global problem in fact the world is being called a post truth world we don't even know what is true anymore see w- what happens today is you know and we all are aware of this especially in india a lot of things are driven by sentiment right uh, so what we consume is also driven by sentiment and uh, basically in a space where your maximum ad revenues are eaten up digitally by the likes of google and facebook uh, companies that are there on your awards uh, have to kind of figure out something or the other uh, to keep driving those trps uh, now obviously there's a certain spec of news that people like to elaborate more and like we call it in india right adding a little bit of extra spice to that news brings in flavor uh, that will keep it going so that's going to continue happening uh, to a point of uh, detecting if the fake news is there or not in terms of the actual factuals we do that we have a deep fake that we have currently developed that we currently do uh, and we kind of help our companies understand what is it that is exactly there in that particular parameter uh, but to a certain extent uh, our, our limitations lie on the digital so if you give us if you give me a news and you tell me correlated to something that's out there in the market and if it's uh, you know corrected or if it is accurately portrayed we'll be able to do the basics of it not go too much granular in it and give you all the information sure 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 vinayak so so what i understand from this is that not only is this um, going to make our video experience more exciting it's also a very uh, social going to be socially relevant in terms of you know telling us what we need not watch perhaps uh, as opposed to what we should watch so instead of just a recommendation engine also an engine to say don't watch this this is not something that's good for your you know mental health or social health and so on uh, anyhow when i congratulations for you know being uh, in the right space at the right time that you say that this is the video age that we all live in but tell me what kind of challenges uh, are you facing what is what challenges are touch face um, is it a challenge of you know money capital uh, more customers expansion what is the biggest burning issues that keep you awake at night today uh so to be very honest uh, uh i would say pre covid was when i was worried about raising capital uh during this phase uh, because we have been one of the positive companies to be impacted uh raising capital has not been a challenge for us uh i would say a challenge mainly comes from scalability right uh when you're building a saas company based out of india and you're trying to kind of you know uh, make it a global perception that you know people should consume your company in a global perspective uh that's where our challenges are today that you know how do we really position this as something that can be a global company uh we currently have clients in us and europe and japan uh we have recently started operations in southeast asia um the question that we always keep getting and the challenge that we face is how do we grow our international expansions right uh what is exactly the medium that should be followed for an indian company because when you're building something out of india uh and this is a typical understanding of everyone right 
a product out of silicon valley will be great uh, but something based out of india uh, ha- needs a double check uh, and that's what we are trying to break i would say uh, so my challenge is scaling uh, more than anything else we are trying to scale into various uh, markets and scale particularly into foreign markets and you raise a really interesting point about you know how the country brand whether you like it or not is is always tagged on to you at this point i think this will be a great point to bring in our expert today uh, who is mitesh shah uh, mitesh uh, welcome to the show hey hi vinay was fascinating to your story uh, indeed a very very interesting product and something which is need of the hour uh, i think yeah, as you rightly said something which was done hither to manually uh, you have kind of cracked it in a more automated manner with the help of tech and system which is more scalable uh, and with the growth of all these content platforms uh, i think it's uh, something which is really uh, uh, that the content creators uh, in abundance and uh, add to that the ability to drive sales or commerce through that that really adds up uh, you know to the entire story i, I can think of many more use cases uh, i'm sure you would have already realized that uh, speaking about this particular problem statement that we are talking about uh, going global uh, i think a lot of business have that aspiration i have seen that uh, and now with book my show and also with some of our other companies uh, you know which have expanded very well domestically and then look at going global uh, ipv as well uh three main important things that one should uh, keep in mind uh, one you know understand the the local dynamics better understand the landscape there what sort of a market it is what is the overall market size and when i say that understand this is not with the help of some powerpoint presentation or some market research data but specific to the the use case that we are catering to or specific to the set of customers that we want to target what is the depth in the market what is the current level of sophistication in that market and what's the uh therefore the target audience market uh, or target geography that you want to kind of want to cater to it will be the first important step and for that i think uh, reiki is something which is more important with uh, some some proof of concept some uh, uh, some pilot with some client i think that can be very very helpful uh, second thing which is uh, obviously understanding the statutory landscape over there uh, what sort of a corporate structure you need what sort of a, a cap table that you need over there how will the funding get routed over there uh, do we need a separate entity over there how will the transfer pricing work from india to there uh, what is the uh, payment gateway mechanism over there what is the landscape overall for the economy over there in terms of payment uh, which the customers are using or even in a b2b sort of a play that you are into uh, what are the other corporates using uh, and that can kind of define the overall business model that you want to build over there right so this is something which is very very important when you look at creating value outside india uh the statutory and the taxation landscape study that's very very important because by the time you're there the business starts and it starts growing it may be little too late to kind of focus on these things it's very important that uh, these are kept into mind when you think about it only at the inception stage and third and the most important thing for me is to understand the competitive landscape uh very very important to focus on this aspect because uh, while the market may be robust uh the landscape may be great Uh, but if it's a fiercely competitive market, because I mean, of course, you'll understand Vinayak uh, and all of us do, is that uh, you know, in terms of early stage investment, India is still nascent. Uh, economies like US, China, even for that matter, Australia, and all have progressed far more ahead. Where even the seed rounds happen in millions of dollars, right? Here we are talking about seed rounds uh, with 200k, 300k, 500k. 
where the seed rounds are also very very heavy and obviously the cost of operating across these countries also is very very high so accordingly the entire uh, the entire scale of economy actually takes a shift uh, which needs to be kept in mind while you are planning business operation in these country and that's where i think the competitive landscape study becomes important what sort of pricing the competitors are charging what sort of markets they are operating into what is the stickiness for these customers right uh, what are the pros and cons how the ui ux and that can kind of help you decide a unique uh, penetration strategy as well as positioning for yourself when you are targeting these markets and uh, you know make you kind of build a sustainable business model uh, where if you have to raise capital in india and fund the global expansion it might be a little bit expensive so whether there will be corresponding amount of revenue that will come from these markets or you'll have to rely only on india revenue these things also need to be kept in mind so i believe these are the three most important things that come to my mind when you talk about global expansion of course there are a lot many other factors in software aspects like team building uh, culture building right and uh, timing uh, the, the overall financial metrics numbers funding uh, but i believe at the inception stage at the stage where we are uh, or where touches these are the three most important thing that i will advise you to keep in mind mitesh uh, thank you i think it almost reads like a 101 on uh, things to look out for when you're uh, trying to do something outside of india but vinayak um, i'd like to ask you a, a more uh, sort of fundamental question uh, and yeah. that is uh, when you think about uh, the world today uh, clearly from a, a perspective of your product the world is a unified uh, space if there is a customer who's created their videos using your technology that video can be distributed across the world as if there were no uh, boundaries uh, political boundaries but when it comes to your customers and your ability to sell to them uh, clearly mitesh uh, mentioned uh, uh, i would say in a very articulate manner that you need to look at the regulatory aspect and the compliance aspect and the taxation aspect and so on there is a there is a notion uh, age old notion rather that says that uh, the the production or the product that you make should be located closer to where your consumers are so when you were thinking of starting off in india uh what was your driving factor was it the fact that you know if you're going to make this in india it's going to cost you like an order less to produce that uh, uh product or did you think about india being your uh, big market going forward is your product positioned at emerging markets um and just want to understand the the thinking of the founding team so uh when we started off obviously uh we were slightly different from where we are today in our journey right uh we started off keeping india as a market uh and we understood that uh the opportunity in the video space back in 2016 when we had started off was just evolving so we realized that there's so much amount of growth that can be captured in india uh when we did that pivots in between when we went on more to a business focused uh you know market uh we started realizing that yes india has a certain amount of market but the foreign markets are going to be dominating the indian market at the segment specifically uh so i would say that's happened along the journey that's not something that we had thought through or you know we uh, imagined it to happen or we had kind of you know researched upon as we grew when we took one step at a time right we started off in india the first sort of few clients that we got were indian companies so the idea was try and kind of you know establish a product here uh try and see how it grows and then scale it slowly to uh, foreign markets and i would say that's been the entire uh, area how we have kind of grown uh we didn't envision ourselves to kind of you know uh, look at clients in europe or in us uh, or in japan 
but here we are today. We have clients in these countries. Uh, we see a lot of growth opportunities there as well. Uh, and we feel that, you know, probably international scale has much more value add uh, in terms of the uh, overall business. The crux of the videos, right? Let's take videos for an uh, entire broader conversation here. The crux of the videos that are generated today globally is amounting to just a few percentage of what is being generated in India. So obviously, you're going to look at a global market when you start growing the company, you start expanding, uh, you start getting clients in foreign markets as well. So Vinayak, uh, that's a great point that you're making that you started off thinking India is going to be the ground on which you are going to play. And then you quickly realize that actually the world is going to be your stage. And that's where this particular you know, challenge of penetrating global markets sort of came up. Uh, but the way I understand it is uh, you make a, a technology product, right? And, and there are whether somebody in India uses it or Bangladesh or Japan or the US, uh, they would, of course, use it for their own domestic use cases. But the technology remains the same. This is Correct. not as, um, you know, Netflix is making content for India. It's not exactly the same situation. Um, so, so tell us a little bit more uh, about uh, uh, why do you face uh, this kind of a challenge when you go outside? Uh, when you pick up the phone and call a potential customer in Los Angeles, um, do you think it's more difficult for you to convince them about who you are and give them uh, time to even see your product? Uh, absolutely. So I'll tell you where it comes from, right? Uh, customers that we work with and where we get referred to or uh, people who really love uh, what we're doing, it's an easier sell there, right? Uh, Southeast Asia, uh, Indian market is our playground. When it comes to the foreign territories, so basically having a different ball game altogether. Now, take this for an example, right? A mindset today of uh, a consumer back in India or the same mindset for a consumer that is there probably in Philippines. A product that's probably positioned out of India to a product that is positioned in US or Israel, right? Because you feel that the technology superiority is going to be more in these segments, you will first try and test that product and then probably look at the third product. So people perceive it depending on where the product also comes from a lot of times. Uh, and also they expect the pricing to work around that, right? Uh, in India, we have a buy versus build mentality. For everything that we should be buying, we feel that we can build it as well because it's a massive IT economy that we have in India. Everyone can feel uh, that, you know, we can do everything. Uh, that's where SaaS companies, and I'm using the term SaaS because you're basically building a software uh, solution, which basically needs to be licensed, right? That licensing mode builds in when you, you as a customer believe that the Indian product can be at par with the foreign product. And that only happens if customers give it that kind of a shot or, you know, give it that kind of priority in trying it, I would say. So, uh, so let's get very specific here. Uh, Mitesh, if I may uh, come to you at uh, this point in time, uh, could you tell us a little bit uh, more about uh, how can uh, Vinayak solve this particular problem? So he mentioned two major issues. One is the issue of uh, pricing and the other is the issue uh, of cultural. Like, you know, how, do, how does somebody believe somebody coming out of India can build a tech product like this? Uh, maybe it's the color of the skin. Maybe it is the India country branding at work. So how does he solve this problem? I think he he just needs to stick to his basics. Uh, if the product has been so well received in India and Southeast Asia and all, that speaks for itself. I think in terms of uh, technology or in terms of the 
uh, consumer demand or in terms of the demand from the mountain players uh, india is no less when it comes to comparison with the global standards so if uh, touch product is catering to these players well in india and southeast asia uh, economy uh, i don't see any challenge while uh, he he travels to us or europe uh, and tries and sells his product i think it's, it's about sticking to the basic uh, delivering a fine quality product and i think bingo uh, i don't think color of the skin or coming from india that kind of matters anymore uh, people do realize there is a significant cost advantage when they actually you know take services uh, from india at the same time a kind of entrepreneurial mindset that uh, we have even when we provide software as a service uh, that's quite visible right i mean look at the indian it companies what they've gone and done abroad uh, right uh, <clears throat> all these things around americans protecting their own jobs versus the indian onslaught that's purely a result of our uh, entrepreneurial mindset and the kind of talent that we have shown over there i believe touch uh, is very well poised to kind of uh, capture these markets as well it's just about uh, keep the the innovative mindset on uh, and understand the customer requirement well and customize the solution as per that otherwise i think we have all the right ingredients to kind of make this work sure mitesh thanks for the, that piece of advice and when i quote i hear mitesh saying is that he's saying don't get deterred by this uh, yes there is a challenge but just stick on to your guns and have this bulldozer mentality that i am not going to give up which essentially means that you have to try harder than your competitor who's already based out in the us and doesn't face some of these challenge of having to prove uh, their their worth or prove their company's uh, worth to a to a foreign buyer which essentially means two things for you uh, one is that it may take you longer to penetrate those markets and and number two uh, your budgets for sales and marketing are probably going to be higher than your uh, sort of us domestic uh, competitors and thirdly a very interesting point that mitesh raised and i want to get your response on it he's saying everybody knows that indian products are going to be more inexpensive right so do you think that uh, because our country brand is that of the fact that you know indian talent is cheaper people are eventually going to beat you down in price and force you to uh, provide a more inexpensive solutions even though you're as good in terms of quality as anybody else um uh, see i would say that's basically uh, again right uh, a thought process and a mindset that's there in the international market or people thinking that you know uh, you are built out of india the cost of building must be less uh, so the pricing should be less uh, and it goes back to my original uh, problem statement right uh, of the positioning becomes very important uh, because that is the mindset no matter what you do today uh mm-hmm. people expect the product to be slightly cheaper than what it is there in the competitive market on a global scale um and you try to kind of you know uh, early days with customers by having a competitive pricing enough uh in that segment uh but but i would say uh it's slowly changing as well uh where customers do realize the value output uh but still it's a long way to go i would say the perception building and the change of perception needs to happen for that to really inculcate for a lot of companies in india so uh, so uh, when i tell our viewers uh, what are the different uh, solutions that you have toyed with having a foreign branch office hiring and uh, just taking example of the us hiring a you know foreigner to be your sales head or uh, doing something else it would be very interesting to know what you tried what worked and what didn't work uh so definitely what we're trying right now is uh, to set up a small sales team in us right uh to cater to the foreign market uh it becomes easier in terms of the time zone uh communication becomes easier uh you don't really have to have those late night calls and 
it makes a lot of sense to have a sales team that can uh, comply to those workers there. Uh, so that's something that we are currently in process with. What we tried in the past was uh, to have a centralized sales process, right? Uh, try and make them sit out of India and try and cater to different markets. Something that we miserably failed at. Uh, a, uh, communication errors at multiple points. Uh, a lot of times when you're having a conversation with, say, a client in Japan, uh, the ease of communication happens the best at the local language level, right? Uh, and that's where uh, we kind of face those initial challenges. So we realized that doing that is not going to make sense. It's just going to uh, waste our effort and time. Rather, try and separate out teams where we really require people to be sitting out. So we kind of you know downsized the sales team. We reduced it down to just seven people in India that do the all uh, processes of outbound and inbound today. Uh, and we have started now setting up a very small sales team in US to cater to the entire uh, US market. And depending on how that particularly works for us, we'll look at probably set, setting up a small team, uh, probably in Europe or in Japan uh, at the end of the next year. Currently, we have set up a satellite operation kind of a infrastructure in US. Uh, probably once things do get back to normal, we would love to kind of set up more operational uh, setting uh, back in the US as well. So that's a really interesting point you raised, Vinayak, that uh, for your kind of product, which I guess is more enterprise sales, this is not a B2C consumer sale, uh, you feel that it's important to have feet on street, on the ground uh, to do uh, something like this. Uh, so do you uh, ever um, uh, envision this uh, a scenario uh, in which, uh, because you know, for, for you to do this in every country of the world or every large country of the world is going to be a prohibitive exercise. What do you think are the lessons that can be learned from some of the large uh, technology uh, biggies in the world, uh, the likes of uh, Google and Accenture and Microsoft, uh, who have gone out and established uh, globally very, very robust businesses? Do you think that there are some lessons that can be learned from their international expansion strategies and applied to uh, young startups like yours? Uh, I wouldn't say that you know it applies to us because... The scales are very different, right? Uh, tomorrow, if Google decides to, uh, you know, uh, set up operations, say, in Bangladesh, they wouldn't go there with a base minimal capital and say, I'm going to set up operations and say, 500K or a million dollars. They would go all out, right? They would set up an operation. They would set up an office. They hire a team. Uh, years of research goes into it before they really expand. Uh, so for us to replicate something, what probably uh, the likes of Google or Accenture, uh, Infosys uh, does around the world wouldn't be the right approach. Uh, a right approach for startups would definitely be to try and understand with the money that you have, what is it that is necessary and what market will really add to that. So say if I spend, say, $100,000 in US, is that $100,000 uh, giving me, say, a million dollars back in revenue, right? It has to be uh, kind of, you know, contracted with those kind of uh, answers to questions that you will have. If you don't have the answers, setting up operations just for the sake of it, might not be the right approach because you'll burn through the cash. Uh, when you're set, doing operations in India, you can do a lot of cost optimization. Labor is cheap. You can save a lot of money uh, here and there. But when you do the same thing back in US, uh, labor is not cheap in US. Uh, everyone has to realize that. So with that, uh, less capital means that it needs to yield results. Otherwise, at the end of the day, you're going to burn, burn through the capital that you have uh, very quickly. And that can be detrimental for companies, especially startups uh, of our sizes. So, Vinayak, if somebody is uh, right now ideating 
thinking of the company that he is going to uh, start uh, how has what kind of uh, insights that you can give from your own experience with touch uh, should they for example have a us front end assuming us is the main customer and then have a back end operation in india would that have helped in your particular situation uh, i wouldn't say right like like i said we understood that uh, with our journey uh, while we were growing uh, what is necessary where we have to be positioned where we have to be structured all of that are questions that get answered at least for us uh, while we were growing uh, other companies that have a clear definition of where the majority customer segments are uh, can take a decision on day one and a simple two cents to everyone would be that if you know that us is the market and india is basically like a development center for you which most of the companies do today you do the structuring in that particular manner you have us as your helco uh, holco and india as your subsidiary to run the operations uh, to keep your development cost at bare minimum but if it's uh, otherwise round right if you know that india will also be a significant market for you uh, then it all depends on how you're positioning it uh, it depends how comfortable you are running operations in india and scaling into us at a point you also have to realize when you scale with a small team someone from the team has to move to that particular location for some time you cannot just hire people and say we will get it done it's not going to happen it's basically pure gambling that you're getting into you don't know what that person is doing you don't know what the outputs are going to be uh the employment laws are very different in us so you can't even fire someone you hired right away so all that really you know uh, kicks in so everyone has to understand what their market is where it is going to be uh what we didn't do and what others i would say should do is have a five year plan with them right where you are going to be in 5 years uh where your opportunities are going to lie where your clients are going to be coming in from where your revenues are going to be coming in from and that might answer a lot of the questions uh there sure vinak that's really i think kick ass advice so uh, last question before we go uh, is when one of your co-founders planning to relocate now to the us <laughs> time will tell uh but that's definitely on cards for us uh that once things do go back to normal uh we do intend to have someone on ground from uh the team there uh to try and you know, run operations uh we are, we are very confident about the us market and we are very uh also actively looking at you know having our team there uh obviously the development will continue from india and should continue is my strong uh feeling that uh, we save a lot of money but uh, what is necessary and what needs to be done uh will be done uh, probably and, towards due to of next and finally vinayak we really wish you well in actually sort of breaking down this notion that the challenge that you are facing today that a company coming out of india has to work harder and run harder and probably um, sell themselves a little cheaper so maybe the success of touch can also go a long way uh, and every little success coming out of india matters so wish you all the best in ensuring that you sort of break this cultural and glass ceiling out there Thank you so much for joining us on the show, and and a big uh, shout out and thanks to Mitesh as well for giving his expert advice. Thank you. Thanks, it was a pleasure. Thank you.